Hello, everybody, and welcome to another not episode of the Bagnum Podcast. This is not episode uh, three forty-six. I should have remembered because Chris just told me that it was three thirty-six. I'm Paul, and as he said, I'm I'm the guy that tells him what episode it's not. And I'm Chris. Yeah, uh, normally Chris would introduce us uh, into the show, but since it's a not episode, we didn't want to confuse our listeners into thinking it was a real episode. Uh, not episodes are where we break from our normal. Uh, three segments of the Week in Geek, uh, the list, the books that we look forward to coming out the, during this week, and also a main rotating main topic. That's what you normally get here on the Bagman Podcast. Uh, but during that episode, it's kind of a breakdown between just, you know, one of us, life gets in the way, uh, we, we can't produce a full episode. <laughs> this time John's wife got in the way. <laughs> Happy anniversary! Yes, their anniversary. Yeah, congratulations. We, a year ago, Chris was here with us in the room. We actually recorded from the barn that they got married in. Seven uh, sixteen, actually, Buffalo Day. Yeah, yeah, it's seven one six is the Buffalo area code, which is which is fun. Seven one six. I'm glad it's a summer area code. You know, uh, I think it would be more Buffalo if it was like two one six because that seems more. You know, Buffalo is more of a winter kind of area, but. It's yeah, fun to celebrate. always great in Buffalo. There's a lot of cool things that happen. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went to two different art festivals today. One in uh, Buffalo Riverworks, one at Canal Side. I bought a couple of Buffalo-themed T-shirts. You know, I celebrated right. There you go. I I was at work in Florida in the 407, oh. which April 7th, not, nothing really happens in April. Well, you know, Easter could fall on 407. Could it, though? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I never know how Easter works. It's with the lunar calendar. It's very weird. I, I don't know. I went to a Jesuit but, college for a little while. I should actually know that. But, you know, that that stuff gets jettisoned to make room for pop culture and st- silly other knowledge. There you go. And since this isn't one of the regular core episodes of Bagboard, it tends to just be more of, you know, a conversation about just whatever they're a lot more uh, free flow, as Paul said before. Yeah, uh, but we still drink. Oh yeah. Are, are, are you drinking? Of course. Uh, actually, I, I assumed you were during the pre-show. I finished off a uh, can of Too Juicy from uh, Two Roads. This is their New England style IPA, but it's only uh, well, oh well, it's eight point two alcohol percent. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you didn't look at that before, did no, you? No, I thought it was uh, lower. I thought it was like six point two. Uh, this is eight point two. So if I get a little silly on the show. I'll let you know. This is nice. It has a nice, refreshing, juicy style uh, IPA, which you would expect since it's called Too Juicy. Uh, this was actually canned on July 6th, so it's not all that old. Like, it's a pretty fresh can. Uh, it's cool. A little bit under two weeks. Two, two Roads has just came into the Buffalo area maybe about four months ago. Uh, if John was here, he'd be able to break it all down for you. Uh, this is a, It comes in a four-pack. And I think it is worth the money. Every time it uh, it actually gets restocked, because it's a, one of those fresh New England-style IPAs. So it's going to hit a rotation, stay on the short uh, shelves really quickly, because it's probably a smaller batch kind of thing. Uh, I think it's worth the price, and I'm going to probably pick it up every time. Much like another beer I'll talk about later. I mean, speaking of worth the price, uh, last week when we recorded 345, I talked a little bit about the pie hole cherry pie whiskey that I had picked up. Um, I didn't have a chance to get to the store to buy beer before you recorded this, 
So I'm drinking a little bit more of that, but this time I actually put a splash of it in the sun tea that I made the other day, and this is dang near delightful. Um, 12 bucks for this bottle of whiskey. I can't believe it. Um, when I go to the beer store, maybe tonight after we record, I don't know. It's going to depend on how long this goes for. Yeah. I plan on getting one of the other flavors of this because I I really enjoy just having like this bottle around and just pop off one when I uh, when I get home from work at night. I, I really dig it. And you know what? The cherry works really good with the sun tea because I, I don't like really sweet ice or like since I live in the South now, sweet tea is a thing. Ugh. Yeah, that's uh, if I wanted them. If I wanted that much sugar in my tea, I would just eat like the Lipton tea mix uh, like <laughs> I used to when I was a kid. Uh, <laughs> okay. Just like, Oh, I totally, I would just grab a spoon and dig into that. It was delicious. Just okay. punch those crystals in my teeth. I can understand. By the way, I have doing... cavities now, so, you know. Chris, I can understand like... it if you had a piece of candy that you dipped it in, like normal people, with what, what was it called? Something dip? Licking dip? Remember? Oh, the fun dip. Fun dip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that is the worst no, candy. No, just, you take a tablespoon because, because, you know, you measure it out by tablespoon and you just, you dig in. <laughs> And, uh, but the the cherry uh, the cherry whiskey is actually really nice with it. I had a flavored whiskey like only the one time. I got a bottle as a gift: the Evan Williams Honey Whiskey, mm-hmm. uh, or it might have been Honey you never Bourbon. Had, well, what about Fireball? Have you ever had that? Oh, I've had Fireball. Yeah. Okay, uh, there you go. I yeah, would consider yeah. that you know mm-hmm. whiskey. But that honey one, because it was sweeter, I had to put so much ice in it. To enjoy it because it was just kind of syrupy. Is that syrupy at all? That pie hole, or is it? Uh, it's, I mean, a little bit. I mean, it's a cherry liqueur blended with the uh, Canadian whiskey. So I mean, it's got like a little bit of that sweetness from it, just from that liqueur. But I, I don't feel like it's too syrupy. Like it, you definitely get like a cherry sweetness, but it's a maraschino cherry kind of. You know, that's good. It's not. It's not as bold as that, but it's along those lines. I see a cherry-flavored alcohol, and I'm always afraid it's going to taste like the cherry cough syrup. You know? Oh, yeah, I, I can definitely understand that, yeah. So I screw it. But, you know, maybe I'll try pie hole. But then again... No, it, it's 12 bucks, man. Yeah. I, I'm going to swear by it. All right. You know what else we're going to swear by? Disney. What? The, oh, sorry. I was going to say this week's news. Oh, no, we, we're not doing... Well, it is news, but we're just... Gotta, uh, gotta, I gotta break that habit. Yeah, well, it's a not episode, so we're not doing that segment. I know, I'm, I'm not used to this. Am I doing good? You're doing great. Good. This is... Yeah, great. Yeah. We need validation. Uh, since we already mentioned John couldn't do an episode because he's busy celebrating his anniversary this weekend, and also this week. Apparently, you know, anniversaries take a week now. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, Chris and not... birthday take... Chris said, hey, I'm free on Sunday night. And I said, yeah, I, I totally would do a not episode. You got any ideas for a topic? And I think we both quickly agreed that the news coming out of D23, especially with Star Wars Land, is worth a talk about. Oh, yeah. Um, for those of you that don't know, hi, I'm Chris. I'm a huge Disney nerd. Um, mm-hmm. I actually moved to Florida to be closer to the parks. I absolutely love it. Um on the small of his back, he actually grew a birth a, uh, a series of moles that are in shape of Mickey Mouse. The yeah, Mickey I, had, I had to pay a licensing fee for it. Though. It was the weirdest thing. I don't know uh, how you can purposely will yourself to grow those kind of moles, but 
you know, I did it with my hair with Reed Richards, so I guess it's possible. <laughs> it's, it's in your blood. Uh, but fun fact, I, if you also don't know this, uh, I'm a big Star Wars nerd, too. And back in uh, 2015 at another D23 Expo, um, it was announced that Disney parks were going to be bringing Star Wars to life in their theme parks in a brand new theme land at both um, Walt Disney World here on the East Coast and Disneyland in California. Mm-hmm. I have to say that other D3 announcement, though, was the teasiest of teases because wasn't it all just shipping boxes saying like something about like a reference to Star Wars? Like it didn't even say uh, Star Wars. There, land. There was, they had some they had some concept art, which was like basically um, a view of the Millennium Falcon kind of flying into this port planet, which is still unnamed. Um, they've, they've been very coy about the details, even though they're in the process of building it now. And it's going to be opening at both parks, Disney's Hollywood Studios and Disneyland in 2019. So we're still about two years away. Um, one of the things that I was really hoping that they were going to announce at D23, uh, which is the official Disney fan club's big convention that they have every other year now. It's not annual. It's every other annual if they don't know what it is for that. It's not biannual. That would be twice a year. Well, right? I think with biannual, you could go either or. Or is it... No, because twice a year would be semi-annual. So biannual would be every other year. Okay, that works then. Yeah, biannual. Yeah, biannual. Because um, they do D23 every other year, and then in between that, they do their Destination D conventions too, which kind of travels around the country or the world where it's like a much smaller version of D23. Okay. So I'm guessing the D in D23 stands for Disney. It does stand for Disney. I'm guessing the two stands for the word two. It's 23. And three stands for me. Uh, no, it's, it's 23, you know, the year that the Disney company actually got its start. Oh, okay. So there you go. Fun fact. Um, so it's not that, 23 people put it on. <laughs> no, it's it's much more than that. It was I mean, we're first... looking at a big week, weekend-long convention that takes place, you know, right now it's in um, Los Angeles, right outside of Disneyland. Uh, every facet of the Disney company is actually present and has stuff to bring here. So it's actually, like, a really cool show. I'd love to get to it someday, but it's just so cost-prohibitive trying to fly out to California for anything. It probably won't happen. Yeah. There were announcements from Avengers. <laughs> like, they showed yeah. off a huge thing for Avengers. They There's so... Like, I would never want to cover the D23 until Disney basically combined and owned all of my childhood. Now it's like one of those conventions I'm like, oh, it's tw- once every two years, and they announce everything and have all these, like, exclusive looks at. There's five minutes of Avengers Infinity War that's out there right now that we yeah, but people see. lost their minds about it. And on my lunch break today, I was trying to find the footage, and I found like terrible like cell phone yeah. camera, weird angle. You can kind of hear some of it uh, before it disappeared. There's a breakdown of what exactly happens, like scene by scene. Somebody was not live blogging, but basically like taking furious notes. And I appreciate them that you can find online. I think it's on io9. Uh, I'm I'm really hoping with uh, San Diego Comic Con coming up next month that we will have this footage out and about, maybe even expanded or extended a version of it too. You know, if it's only a month away, I think 
they're just going to reshow that same footage. I, I think so, and at which point then they they'll debut it for everyone, so it won't be as exclusive. Because I mean that's a cool thing, you know, being a person that goes to D twenty three to kind of have that sneak peek at what's probably going to be like the biggest superhero movie ever. Yeah, Captain America has a beard. I heard that he's bearded already. America. I'm loving it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so we're going to start off by talking about Star Wars Land, which they did announce the actual name for. Um, Galaxy's Edge? I don't know if you saw this, but it's going to be called Galaxy's Edge. And yeah. some internet sleuths were actually able to find out the name for this land before they announced it at the show because they were digging around within the coding on the Disney Parks blog. <laughs> um, so they... <laughs> They're like, they were, what did they, they register? Using their, uh, their hacking skills for good. Mm-hmm. And like that, and that was the thing, like, whether they want you or not, Disney's going to announce the name mm-hmm. tomorrow because everyone knows what it's called now. But yeah, um, Galaxy's Edge. Uh, much like everything else with uh, being at one of the Disney parks, Galaxy's Edge is going to have its own story. And you as one of the park guests or visitors is actually going to be playing a role in the story, which I think is so awesome. That's the coolest thing. Really awesome. Uh, I know I said awesome twice there, but I'm awestruck by this. The land itself is taking place on an unnamed planet. They still haven't announced where we're going to be. But I thought I saw it, though. I think they announced they, it. They, they, they haven't. If they did, I missed it, because I've been trying to like keep an eye out for this, because I figured they would have. But it's kind of a small backwater planet that used to be more of a trade hub during the days of sublight travel. After hyperspace technology was found, this kind of just became, you know, a, a planet that you didn't really go to unless you needed to. And then the only people that needed to go there were the ones that were trying to escape those imperial entanglements. Um, this is kind of your old Route 66 town planet. Where after they built the interstate, you know, people just hyperspace past it. So they do have a little bit more of the seedier elements to it. But there's also going to be bases on this planet or in this land that tie into the Resistance and the First Order. Uh, This land is going to be taking place in between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. So it's kind of in that nebulous period where all of your favorite characters are still around and, you know, could appear. That's good because uh, I, I know that they were talking about, like, in the one scene, I think it's one year. there's two main attractions in this land. That's the uh, Millennium Falcon ride, which seems mm-hmm. really, really cool. That's the one I want to go on again and again and again. And then the other one where you're, like, in the they, dark. Yeah, they don't have a title for it, but it's being referred to as Battle Escape. Ooh, uh, and then there's the one that's you're in the a Star Destroyer hangar. Uh, yeah, which is gonna that's gonna probably be the battle escape one because you're on a vehicle that's traveling through being piloted by an Imperial droid. Uh, but the okay, let's talk a little bit about the the Millennium Falcon because they're saying it. I'm thinking it's kind of like a little like. Uh, it's not called Mission Red Planet. What is it called? Mission Red. Oh, uh, Mission Space. Mission Space. When you're going up to Mars and Gary Sinise is scaring you out of your wit's end because he's like, yep. turn back now if you don't like intense things. And you're like, dude, I, I said less intense. I'm in the less intense ride. 
Like, am I going to lose my legs, Lieutenant Dan? <laughs> Come on, man. What are you doing to me? Like four different times. Uh, but you get to pick, like, if you're going to be the commander, the engineer, blah, 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 on Mission Space. Uh, on the Millennium Falcon ride, unnamed, uh, you're going to be able to pallet the, like, down in the engineering section, gunnery section, up in the flight, you know, the actually piloting thing. And you're all going to have specific jobs to do on this ride. And if you don't do well, bad things can happen. And right now, like, with Mission Space, you're assigned a role. And if you should fail at your role, which basically involves hitting one of two buttons, <laughs> you hear, like, a like a crashing noise, and then it says computer override because the computer basically filled the role for you. Uh, that's not how it's going to be on the Millennium Falcon ride. And depending on how you fulfill your role, it's actually going to affect who you are and your story as one of the visitors on this planet. And there's, they haven't really announced how this is going to work, but Disney's doing so much through their Magic Band technology, which is the bracelet that basically has your room key, your park passes, your credit card tied to it, using RFID chips. I would not be surprised if everything that you're doing is going to be tied to this, and through different touch points around the land, it's going to read who you are and what you did on this. Yeah, uh, if you do really well, you'll earn extra Republic credits. And you might ask yourself, what do Republic credits do? And then everybody's like, we don't know yet. Uh, or if you do really horribly, uh, a bounty hunter will come after you. A brand new bounty hunter whose name I know is out there that I can't remember because... It's yeah, one of um, I want to say it was like Condor or something. I, I saw it in like the report for it, but yeah. uh, it's a new character. So. It's a brand new character. He's only going to be in you know Disney uh, properties. And he's going to come hunting for you while you're in Disneyland Park, at the you know edge of the galaxy, which is really cool. But also, it makes me feel like, okay, what if I ride that ride twice in a row? Like, is it... Like, I kind of want to get earn my Republic credits, and then I I want to go first time, earn my Republic credits, right? Like, do really good jo- do a really good job. And then I want to ride it immediately again, and just crash and burn to see if what well, this if, bounty hunter is. I kind of want to experience this ride is everything. anything like what they have right now at Pandora, uh, and looking them, you won't be able to like get off and get right back on because when I went on the the flight of passage, right, it had a three hour wait. Ooh, well, you yes, know what it, though, a three hour wait. There was also the uh, sale of the oh, darn it, the minnow, USS minnow was which was only supposed to last three hours. Lasted like what seven years? Gill- Gilligan's Island joke right there. There you go. But that's, and that's really what's getting me about this land. It's the immersion and just how much attention to detail that they're going to be paying to everything and then the story that they're trying to tell with you as almost the main character in it. Um, This land is actually being executive imagineered by Scott Trowbridge, which that name doesn't really mean a lot if you don't pay attention to imagineering type stuff. But Scott Trowbridge was actually the head of Universal Creative, basically Universal Studios' version of Walt Disney Imagineering. So he was one of the people that was responsible for building parks and lands and attractions. 
and he was key in the creation of the Islands of Adventure Park. And then one of the driving forces behind the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, which is one of the most immersive and storyful lands in any theme park. Uh, and if they can bring that amount of detail to Star Wars, sign me up. I, I'm, I'm already there. Yeah. You got me. Uh, no, and there's going to be a canteen, a cantina, mm-hmm. and guess who's coming back, Chris? The old uh, pilot. Rex the pilot. Yeah, uh, from the old Star Tours, right, before they had the uh, relaunch. Which I'm excited for, because uh, Rex was voiced by, by Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee Herman. Oh, okay. He's now going to be the DJ in the cantina. Uh, C-3PO's the new pilot, right? Okay, you just want me to keep talking? Yeah, now you can talk. Okay. I wasn't sure, um, because we left off just talking about the amount of immersion and the storytelling. Um, so I don't know where you want to go from there. Uh, from there, well, the most immersion, uh, that I think you can pay for is at that new hotel that they're going to be opening up inside of, uh... I guess both. It's going to be at Galaxy's Edge. They're going to have a hotel where when you check in, you actually become a citizen of of the Galactic Empire, I'm assuming. Actually, no, the Rebellion won, so... Yeah, and and that's the thing, like, you don't have to do this. Like, if you just want to go as a passive tourist who just checks in because you want that Star Wars theming, you're more than welcome to do that. But if you want the full experience when you stay at this Star Wars hotel, you'll actually be given a mission, and then you have to fulfill this mission, and that might mean going to a certain place at a certain time and talking to a cast member or a character or someone else. Like, it's it's going to be crazy. Like, you'll have to do things. Uh, what I also heard was, which I, I really piqued my interest, if you wanted to cosplay as a character, they would... It sounded like you could actually play as that character. Like, role-play. Cool. How crazy is that? Like, you would walk around this world where everybody, like, interacts with you as if you were Princess Leia, or if you were actually Guido, or if you were Luke Skywalker. I don't know why I picked those three characters, but... uh, That's okay. That's definitely not a power ranking. (laughs) I would hope not. It's a weird power ranking. Um, Now, this is going to be something more of an exclusive experience, um... They haven't announced any kind of figures or numbers for this kind of stuff yet, but a lot of this information came out maybe two months ago where Disney was actually doing some surveying about this. And from what it sounds like, it's going to be very exclusive. Each of the hotels would only have a couple hundred rooms, um, and then it would also be extremely expensive. Um, Again, no hard numbers, but just... One of those things, like, if you want to do this, you'd be paying a few hundred dollars a night to stay in this hotel. And not even just, like, you know, $300. You're, you're looking probably closer up to, like, the 600 to $800 range. So it's exclusive, but not Club 33 exclusive. Exactly. Like, it, it's a very exclusive, intimate experience, which sounds awesome. And who knows if they would expand this out or kind of keep it more of, like, a... I guess at a premium, because um, I can't see them turning people away who want to spend money if right. there's a way for them to, to make more off of it. Um, but yeah, fan, fantastic. And the cool thing, too, is, well, probably not the coolest, because it's all really cool, but the whole Star Wars land actually does take place in continuity. Um, 
Imagineer Scott Trowbridge actually worked with the Lucasfilm Story Group. Um, they're uh, one head Pablo Hidalgo with Doug Chang, the actual head um, of design who did the concept art for Rogue One at the planning and building of what we're just going to be seeing. So this is this is legit. This isn't just you know slapping a coat of paint and some Star Wars decals on things like this. This takes place in the story. You will be living the story. That is pretty awesome. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I mean, it, you know, we're still a few years away, but this is one of those things that as more and more information comes out, it's going to just get more and more exciting as we start to see more of those details. Um, at the Star Wars Celebration this year, too, they actually had a Disney Parks panel there, too, where they didn't give out a lot of information, but it was a lot more like hinty mm-hmm. um, with references that like, Oh, you'll, you'll be able to go to this land and you know, some people will be able to use the force. What the force isn't with everyone, but you know, some people might, might be force sensitive and they'll actually be able to affect some like set pieces and parts of the environment. Then I want so, to be an awesome pilot and be able to jump in that A wing that I see in this. Yes, the whole the whole structure too. We haven't really talked about the park itself, but there's some pretty awesome set pieces within just and also photo opportunities. Uh, they on the Disney blog, go.disney.com, right? Uh, yep. And if you go to the blog section, they actually have a whole write up, and they actually have uh, a miniature set up. Uh, yeah, they uh, had the they had the miniature at D23, um, which is ending tonight because we're recording this Sunday evening. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a 50-foot scale model um, showing off the land. If you go to the Disney Parks blog or the Disney YouTube or Facebook page, you can see like flyovers, flyovers of all of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm... they have a life-size replica of an A-Wing. And There's I'll... also an X-Wing, the Millennium Falcon, a TIE fighter. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if there was anything else on the uh, the first order side of of things. Yeah, but we already had the over in uh, you know ex- outside of Star Tours, you know the uh, the ATAT Walker and also the life size yes. st- speeder bike. So. Yep, which we will be having more of those. Um, they've been pretty mum about this. It's something that they've discussed, but it's they're kind of playing the cards close to the chest now, where. Disney's Hollywood Studios is going to be going over a bit of a renovation. It used to be more about the movies and how movies are made. Um, When you go to visit Hollywood Studios, you're actually on the streets of Hollywood. Like, you're walking around. That's why you're on Sunset Boulevard. Um, You see the uh, Man's Chinese Theater replica in front of you. There's the great movie right in there, not for much longer. But it used to be you would actually have to go through a gate on either side of that. And then you were actually backstage at the studios where they were making the movies, and you could see how movies were made. That's why they had the Disney of um, the Magic of Disney Animation Pavilion there, where you could learn how cartoons were drawn. Even Star Tours, Star Tours looks really impressive, but if you're actually in the queue for it and you look up at that ATAT or you look behind you as you're walking in, you can tell you're actually on a set. Like you see the back of the plywood. You see the metal frame holding up the ad at. But when you actually go to Galaxy's Edge, you, sorry, what? 
I, I don't remember that, but I might just mentally block it out because I want to believe that I was under an ATAT. And and that's the thing, like it it holds up until you look back and you're like, no, like that's the magic of movie making. But now you're actually going to be transported to that planet. So I think until they actually announce it, this is going to be kind of closer to what Universal has done with Universal Studios or Islands of Adventure, where you're going to be living in the movies. And I think that's going to be more apparent as we see more from Star Wars and also next year when they open Toy Story Land. I just, uh, when I read the news about this hotel, uh, that or the resort staying place, so I guess it's a hotel, uh, when I read that, I immediately turned to Kate and said, Kate, you're one step closer to having your Hogwarts hotel that you've been dreaming of for the past ten years. Because, come on, being fully immersed in the Star Wars, you know, and playing as a character and having a job to do, like, you know Universal is going to have to up their game a little bit and actually, you know, do the whole sorting hat routine as you get a room and actually, like, yeah. be in Hogwarts a little bit more. Like, each time, I'm, the more I'm I read about the Star Wars... Yeah, go I'm ahead. surprised they haven't gone that route yet. I, um, I think now that we're reading all this much more about how immersive Star Wars, the Edge of the Galaxy, or Galaxy's Edge is going to be, I think it's going to put pressure onto Universal to up their game a little bit more because, you know, they, they tried with their, uh, their volcano water park and seemed cool. They had some mm-hmm. cool innovations there. Yeah, Vol- Volcano Bay, I mean, it's it's still doing well here. I, I don't do water parks. I haven't been there yet. Um, they are touting it as their third actual theme park. It's not a water park. It is a water theme park. Um, they've built a whole other hotel to support the amount of guests that they are expecting and actually can support. They're also going to be building more hotels in the near future. They have a huge parcel of land that they uh, bought, I think, about two years now that they haven't announced any of their plans for. And rumor is that's going to be their next actual theme park. If that's the case, if that's the route they're going, I would not be surprised if at some point they do say, all right, let's let's do this now, Hogwarts-themed hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it does kind of break the quote-unquote story that Universal has between Hogsmeade and Diagon Alley, it'd be hard for you to stay at Hogwarts when you're taking a bus to Hogsmeade, which then you can see Hogwarts. I, I think they could probably find a way to make that quote-unquote storytelling work. Uh, you make it after the Battle of Hogwarts, like that year after, you know, the year, a year the uh, after Deathly Hallows. Like, let's say that... Uh, 1999. You're, yeah, so you have to. So it's like the Hogwarts is still there, but unfortunately, you know, with all of the safety concerns about everything, they're going to. They're working. Students, hey, they're working on it. So we're at this temporary location, just a little bit outside of Hogwarts, and, uh, you know, this is where we're going to dorm for a little while. Until, and that's the thing, too. Like, I would say if they hadn't built uh, the Diagon Alley portion of the park, they could have done a leaky cauldron where you could actually stay at the inn and then eat there. And like Diagon Alley could have been yeah. like the portion outside the resort leading up to the park. But Chris, which would have been you know, if you're staying at a, Hog- a Harry Potter themed hotel, you want to be sorted. Oh, you gotta, you gotta be sorted. I mean, they could easily transport you to the uh, theme park via port key mm-hmm. or flu network. AKA a bus. Or 
you just use a time turner, and then you're back in that time before Hogwarts was, you know, under attack. And you, you see, you know, right before the second was, you know, you're transported back before the second Wizarding War. Well, at the same time, too, I think Universal plays the whole continuity thing a little bit looser because yeah. the entire land's basically just snapshots of the Harry Potter story. I mean, when you go on Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey, they're all still students. It's when, you know, everything's fine and hunky-dory at Hogwarts. Then um, when you jump over to Diagon Alley, if you go on the Gringotts ride, you're, you're in the thick of Deathly Hollows. Like, you know, the, the Golden Trio's there. They're trying to get the Horcruxes. You see Voldemort's actually back. Beltrix is there. Is that what you call them, the Golden Trio? Oh, yeah, that's what they're referred to as. Oh, I didn't realize that. No, I'm surprised you never heard that. No, I haven't. Um, so I'm okay with Universal kind of like, oh, it's more about the general feeling and atmosphere of Harry Potter versus mm-hmm. the cemented, hey, here we are. And I think that's the cool thing about uh, Galaxy's Edge is they do have that 30 years to play within to say, like, no, like, all your favorite characters, they're, they're still alive. You never know who's mm-hmm. going to stop by. Yeah, and you know, I, I think it's very exciting. I'm uh, I'm stoked to see it. I you say it's pressed, you know, it's it's pressed high, but man, I would scrounge for for one night stay. You know, I know I got a place to crash down there in Orlando and everything, but come on, you, you kind of I know I, I would want to I would want to do it too. I kind of would want to like stupid like comic book convention it where we've put way too many people in one room and just pay the extra <laughs> 10 bucks per cot and be like, yeah. no, no, we got, we can do a family of eight, right? Like, that's allowed. Just give us cots. No, I would gladly sleep on the floor. Like, honestly, to be, to stay there for one night. Like, that's the kind of thing I'm like, those are the kind of schemes I'm coming up with. Like, how many people can we fit in one room? Oh, yeah, we could do that. We could do that. All right, so without knowing anything more about what they're going to, like, do at this resort, do you, what kind of character do you play? You know, we're, we're saying we're going to go in LARPing this, oh. you know, live action role play, mm-hmm. without knowing, like, I, they're not going to give you, like, a character dossier. They're not going to say, like, you're this person, you have to do this, these are your skills. Yeah, but they if you're say, dressed hey. up like a Jedi, they kind of have yeah, to make you Force-sensitive, right? Like, you can't... But see, that's that's the thing. Like, I don't know if they're going to, like, go right out and be like, okay, you're a Jedi. Like, they might just say, like, hey, here's your your mission pack, you know, slide it underneath your door with your checkout paperwork uh, and be like, hey, at this time, you're you're required to be here to talk to this crime boss. You know, if that's how it goes and you get to pick who you are, who, do, who does Paul want to be? Well, wouldn't they? Because, like, when you go down and check in at the one of the regular resorts, like All-Star Music or All-Star Movies, they ask you if you're celebrating anything. Like, oh... Mm-hmm. What brings you to Disney? And you say it's your birthday, and they pull out the pin, and they hand it to you. How easy would it be to be like, oh, well, who's your favorite st-? Like, are you, oh, did well, you, are you going to dress up tomorrow when you're here? Are you going to dress up while you're on site? Or, hey, obviously you're dressed up. Paul, here's the thing, though. Yeah. You are actually living in that world. You are on that planet. Mm-hmm. You're not dealing with a Disney cast member at that point. You are staying at, like, an intergalactic retreat or whatever. And I I know we haven't really talked about the Pandora world of Avatar at Animal Kingdom, really, but 
when you go to that section of Animal Kingdom, you are no longer at a Walt Disney theme park. There are no mentions of Walt Disney, Disney, Animal Kingdom, Walt Disney World, Mickey Mouse. None of those characters exist. You are on Pandora. If you ask about anything, you are told, oh, no, like, you're 3.5 million light years away from Earth right now. We don't know. We don't have Mickey uh, ice cream bars here. Hmm. Those don't exist. They're, they're going to go with that same kind of theming where that's true. You, you're dealing with aliens at this point. And there might be a way to, for them to phrase it. Like, are you here to meet your, you know, like they might be able to couch it in a certain way. Like, oh, you know, are you here because you heard about a weird Jedi relic? Or are you here because, oh, there's so many, it might be like, oh, there's so many sites to see. Which one are you most interested in? And they might have like a couple things to mention as they're checking you in. All right. Now, Paul, would you want that experience or would you rather have it as you're walking around, things start to shake and levitate as you get closer to them? And then you find out you are force sensitive. Okay. Well, if I was going in there and just checking in to be a thing, but if I'm dressed up, like if I planned a outfit and a cosplay, like, if I'm dressed as, you know, a, a super awesome rebel fighter pilot, because that's what I would want to be dressed up as, uh, you know, an A-wing pilot from the test pilots, uh, it's okay that I'm Force-sensitive, but I'd rather have a story kind of designed around a rebel pilot. Well, I think at that point, you are kind of creating your own story. At, like, you'll still be interacting with characters and hitting beats, but you'll be doing it from the viewpoint of like, no, I'm, I'm a rebel pilot, or I'm a Jedi, or I'm a smuggler. Mm-hmm. So, Chris... I, oh, I'm a moisture farmer! Like, Chris, I mentioned that I would want to be a rebel pilot. Who would you want to check in as? Like, if if they offered you a menu, let's let's say they were saying, oh, oh, you're checking... What brings you to this remote village? Is it because of this, this, or this? Like, what... Which one would you be leaning towards? Uh, I, I would probably want to, you know, tick those boxes of smuggler with a heart of gold, mm-hmm. maybe with a side of force sensitivity. Oh, a little bit of everything, huh? Yeah, I mean, you're there. You got you to sample all of it. I would not want to be a droid. No. Oh, I could, I could be a hell of a protocol droid, I think. <laughs> Star pilot. That's what I want to be. Test pilot. I want to get into an A-Wing. That's all. I, I think no matter what they do, it's going to be awesome and exciting and fun. Um, speaking as someone who wasn't a huge fan of Avatar, I honestly didn't even see it until like this past year. When I went to Animal Kingdom finally and saw that part of the park, I was blown away just by how awesome and immers- uh, immersive it was. Um, being a Star Wars fan seeing all this stuff, I think I think it's going to be great. I think Hollywood Studios is probably going to be my favorite Disney park at that point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, it, it, and that's saying something, because Epcot's all just eating and drinking. And I do what's not to like about that? Epcot's probably my favorite right now, and then it would be Magic Kingdom, and then Hollywood Studios, and I think that's that's a fair assessment. I think that's I think that's pretty fair um, because of the amount of stuff that I, there's there to do for people that like me that do not want to be dropped. 
Mm-hmm. So two of the scary mountains live in Hollywood Studios right now. But they do well, have the best nighttime attraction. They they do, but do you want to start talking about some of the other stuff that yeah. they announced, or do you want to like kind of wrap it up? Well, here? we're forty minutes in, and we kind of oh, already talked. Good. We already talked about the Avengers kind of trailer. Yeah, um, Galaxy Five Thor. Because I think one of like the since we're talking about Epcot, I think Epcot has some really awesome stuff that they announced at D twenty three as well. Um, as someone that doesn't do the orange team on Mission Space, you've done the green team. Yep. The the less intense version that Gary Sinise prompts you to. Uh, they announced this year that they're actually going to be redoing both sides of that attraction, the green team and the orange team, with uh, new ride videos. Oh, good. The, the general feeling and, you know, mechanics of the ride aren't going to be changing, but they are going to be updating what you do on the ride. The green team's going to be kind of like an inner atmosphere type attraction, Orange team's still going to be sending you out to Mars um, to keep kind of with that more intense, thrill-based version of it. Uh, I think this is a long time coming. It's still a fun ride. I've never done the green side of it, but I I think even just updating the graphics on it, it's going to add a little bit more more fun to this because it does look kind of dated. Well, you're looking through a very small, small window as well. A very small, small window with late 1990s computer graphics, mm-hmm. though. Yeah, that's true. But the, what, what, how much graphical power do you really need to do to render some clouds and then to render some stars when you're out into space and then to render nothing because you were put to sleep? And then it's the whole end is like the crashing on Mars. Like That's the part where you, you, they need to update. Like, everything yeah, else is like, well, you know. What? It looks like the sky to me. It looks like a bunch of <laughs> dots of white. It's either, it's either really well graphics. It's either very good graphics or the screen has actually gone dead in some parts. Like, <laughs> They're just dead pixels. Dead pixels. Can't tell. Uh, I'm excited for that. They also announced that they were going to be putting in a new restaurant over at that side of the park, too. Um, this is going to be like a sit-down table service restaurant, but the restaurant itself is actually going to be in space, and as you're sitting in the dining room, all the windows are actually screens that are going to be showing you like a star field as you're kind of floating there in space. That's cool. That, which is pretty cool. Well, not gonna lie also, that. in the Star Wars uh, hotel, you're going to have a view out, to the, out, out into space in every single room as well. That's cool. Because you got to have that. And I want to see just, like, spaceships going past me every now and then, you know? Yeah, eating eating in space sounds cool, Chris, but not as cool as going near the Eiffel Tower in a whole new section of uh, France. Oh, Eating with a bunch of rats. Paul, 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 Paul. Chris, Chris, Chris. Paul, before before we get over to France, though, we're going to stay in space. Oh, we got to stay in space. What more is in that space? We're going to stay in space because they also announced over in the same part of Future World... um, the long-running Ellen's Energy Adventure attraction is going to be going away, too. Aw. Well, okay. Uh, it's it's a little bit uh, a little bit dated. It's a great place to uh, take a nap. Both Ellen DeGeneres and Bill Nye the Science Guy no longer look like they do there. Um, but yeah, this attraction is actually going away to make room for a new Guardians of the Galaxy themed ride. Oh, that'll be good. 
which this is going to be our first actual Guardians or Marvel themed attraction here at Walt Disney World. Over at Disneyland, they do have the rethemed Tower of Terror, which became um, the Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout attraction. Which, Paul, I know you don't do the drops, but have you watched any of the video? No, from I didn't, ride? but I can, I, I, I can imagine it since, you know, the whole part of the one movie, you know, the first movie is them escaping from the prison. So I'm like, oh, you're in that, like, command center kind of thing, just being dropped and going through things. So I can imagine Exactly. Um, over at Disneyland, the, the theme of the ride is the Guardians were actually captured by the Collector, who, is, who has them on display now. So the queue through oh, that's um, the pre-show, instead of you know being like the old creepy rundown hotel, you're actually going through the collector's archive. So you're seeing different artifacts from the Marvel Universe. Um, and then in the actual loading, or the, or the pre-loading area, there's a Rocket Raccoon audio-animatronic there who he's actually escaped from uh, confinement, and you're going to help him bust out the rest of the Guardians. That'd be good. But, of course, doing that requires you to board a lift. As you're on the lift, of course, things go wrong. And I'm, as I'm you're sorry, being, Chris. Like, raised we're in, we're in America? Sorry, what? We're in America? What the hell is America. a lift? You mean an elevator? <laughs> no, it, they call it a lift. Oh. Um, but as you're, like, being raised and dropped, like, at parts when the uh, elevator stops, you're seeing clips of the Guardians, like, fighting their way out. And then it continues on to the next scene. Um Obviously, it's going to be a very different ride system here because right now, Ellen's Energy Adventure is a slow-moving tram ride through uh, dinosaur jungles and then stops in front of giant movie screens that show, you know, Bill Nye the Science Guy and Ellen DeGeneres talking about renewable energy sources. Um, Don't know what this ride's going to be. I know I'm looking forward to it because keeping with the storytelling... Uh, a young Peter Quill who went to Epcot when he was a kid is going to play a factor in this, so that's probably why the Guardians are stopping back, because he's bringing them to Walt Disney World to show them stuff. Isn't it the Rocket Raccoon finds a photo of young Peter Quill at Epcot, right? And he's now Rocket is there in Epcot trying to investigate what the hell this thing is? Like, Honestly, who knows? Like, they, they really didn't announce too much about this, um, which kind of makes me sad, because just with the whole licensing deal between Marvel and Universal, they really can't do too much Marvel stuff in the parks. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they're um, starting to makes me really excited to see what else they can wind up pulling out. It keeps me like wondering, like, okay, when was the first Guardians out? Like, is that after the first Marvel bankruptcy where they basically sold off all the rights? And is that how they're getting this done? Because I'm an economics major, so I we're I, I wonder about silly things like that. Uh, we talked about this briefly on one of the episodes mm-hmm. uh, of Parks and Rec, actually, if you want to hear us talk about more Disney Marvel stuff. Um, basically, when Marvel signed the deal with Universal, the deal was signed for like that top-tier type Marvel character. So your Avengers, your X-Men, your Spider-Men. And at that time, Guardians of the Galaxy and Doctor Strange weren't even really concerned because the their characters nobody cares about. Like, why would you put them in a theme park? Like, they're not going to sell T-shirts. They're not going to put butts and seats on a ride. They're not going to uh, make more than a Wonder Woman movie. <laughs> right? 
So basically, like they were kind of left off the table, which is why we're able to have Guardians Ride appearing here. We have Star Lord and Groot appearing at Disney's Hollywood Studios right now at a meet and greet. Uh, back when Doctor Strange came out, you could actually meet Doctor Strange at Hollywood Studios as well. Surprisingly, not Ant-Man. So Ant-Man must be in play with the Avengers characters over at Universal. But, yeah. Well, Ant-Man might have been... Was Ant-Man an original Avenger? He wasn't, but he... Oh, you know what? Because with the okay, wasp... This is, sorry, this is about to get really nerdy, and I apologize for that. If you eat at the Captain America Diner at the Marvel Superhero Island, inside there they have like paintings on the wall. One of those paintings is of Giant Man. So if that's Hank Pym or Scott Lang, they might be able to tie that into being the same character as Mm Ant-Man. So maybe that could be why. But who knows? That's all nerd supposition at this point. If you think Game of Thrones, which (laughs) releases a new episode today, and that's what most of you people are doing out on the internet. uh, I need to catch up on that, by the way. Uh, If you think the relationships are strained and the interweb of politics is weird in that universe... Just check out the legal dispositions for who owns what movie rights for Marvel and which characters. Man so thing is out there with Lionsgate. Who knows? You know, it's it's nutty. But hey, uh, you, you tried to head over to this before, and I yeah. cut you off to talk about Guardians. But yeah, uh, France, if you want to kind of kick off this one. Yeah, uh, they're going to open up uh, a little bit more of a section in the over in the French pavilion. You, you've seen the Eiffel Tower in the back. Uh, mm-hmm. They're going to open up a little bit more room near there and open up a Ratatouille restaurant. This is a restaurant that has been going over in, uh, what is it called, Disney Europe? or Europe? Uh, Disneyland Paris. It used to be Euro Disney, oh, but okay. they changed the name. Okay, so they have this uh, restaurant, and... Uh, I think, is this the one with the very cool interactive menu screen, like, on your table? Uh, no, this is actually a, a ride, Paul. Oh, it's a ride? Yeah. Is it not a restaurant as well? It, it is not a, well, it, the ride is actually through a restaurant, because Ooh. you're actually in uh, Gusteau's, mm-hmm. the, uh, the chef who kind of inspires Remy the Rat in the Pixar film Ratatouille, uh, to become a cook. Uh, the ride itself actually shrinks you down to the size of a rat, and then you kind of go on an adventure through the kitchen. Mm. Very ex- well. So the the ride is opening up. Is there not also a restaurant that's opening up over there? Um, nope. Oh, just the ride. Just yep, just the attraction, which is pretty awesome. I've never been to Disneyland Paris, but I've watched video of this ride, and it seems pretty madcap fun. Um, as much fun as uh, Jimmy Fallon and riding through New York City? Because uh, it, bas- it basically sounds like, you know, the Jimmy Fallon ride, except through Paris. Uh, this ride, it's a little bit more... Immer- uh, I keep using the word immersive on this show, and I, I apologize for that. But you're actually in a vehicle that's... It's almost like the Spider-Man ride at Universal. Oh, okay. Where you're on a vehicle that's going back and forth between screens and then actual, like, set pieces that kind of keep with the theming and bridge the gap between story beats. Like, Spider-Man and Transformers is kind of like the closest thing I can um, compare. compare this to. Mm-hmm. You, you like those rides, right? Yeah, yeah, I enjoy those. Those are great, because yeah. I know I'm never that far off the ground. Yeah, you're, you're basically just in a, 
in a chair. No matter what Green Goblin says, I am never ever actually floating above New York City. That effect is awesome, though. Like it's so cool. Mm-hmm. It's so well done. It um, is very well done. But, but yeah, I definitely recommend checking out the video of the. Uh, I don't remember the actual name of the ride at Disneyland Paris, but if you just search like Ratatouille Ride Paris, like it'll come up, and it's it's so well done. Um, it opened years ago, so the fact that they're finally bringing some sort of facsimile of it over here, it's probably going to have a little bit better like, technology behind it. I don't think it's going to be like a uh, direct plant, so I'm actually looking forward to that. No opening date for this one yet. They're saying by 2021, though, to celebrate Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary. Mm-hmm. I think all the extractions that they kind of mentioned point. was like... Yeah, yeah, this will all be done by 2021. Uh, but over in Epcot, they announce anything about Spaceship Earth? Because that's my favorite ride. Um, they they really didn't, which is kind of a surprise. Um, I don't know if you've kept up on the news about this one, and if that's why you... Yeah, that's why I'm asking, because, you know, I've been trying okay. to keep up with this, our uh, Siemens, you know, pulling out of uh, the Walt Disney World and no longer yeah, uh, sponsor. Siemens was one of the sponsors of Epcot, um, sponsoring both the Spaceship Earth attraction as well as the nighttime show Illuminations over there. Um, They ended their partnership, so that kind of leaves two of the big draws at Epcot without sponsors, um, leading people to believe that either they're going to be getting a new nighttime show at Epcot or that Spaceship Earth's probably going to be going through some sort of changes, which I imagine has to because... The whole last half of that ride is actually you playing almost like a mini game in your time rover on your way back to Earth. Yeah, but that, and that's brought to you by Siemens. Yeah, that part you know I think you can switch out. But when they tilt you back and you're looking at like a huge star field and you see Earth like floating in the distance, I really love that moment. Yeah, like I, I like going through the old think... animatronics and seeing the weird people wearing the scientists wearing high heels. It's it's amazing. It's great. Uh, I feel like the actual ride itself won't be changing. The only things that we'll probably see swapped out are the touch screens, the, uh, the narration by Dame Judi Dench. I see someone else coming in, um, and then the whole like return to Earth part. I think they'll do something different there because that whole time you're like you've spun backwards and you're going back down to like the load and unload area. You're basically playing that game, seeing like seeing what you want your future to be like because there's really nothing else to look at at that point. It's all just Christmas lights almost hanging from the sides. But I, you know, I went to, I, I rode that ride last uh, with the, the bridesmaid Erica and, uh, you know, it made me like, oh man, I really like this. I want to go to a planetarium. And planetariums are so much worse than that part of that ride. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like that is a better planetarium than a planetarium. Like, uh, you know, and I love uh planning out my future with you, Chris, the first time I ever read it, uh, rode that ride. Like, that oh, was fun. It is fun, and I enjoyed planning my future with Erica. It was it was great. It's... I, I love Spaceship Earth. I mean, that ride's not going anywhere. It'll it'll be changed, but... Okay. But um, I'm hoping I'm con- minimal I'm changes. Yeah, I'm, I'm confident that it's probably going to be minimal, because if they were to try to change any of that, it would be a huge undertaking because it's basically all built inside the giant ball that is Spaceship Earth. Mm-hmm. So if they want to like take out or add anything to it, I don't even know what the logistics of that would be. 
It would be an undertaking. I, I have to imagine. I, you know, I, I don't. I, you know what? I love all the animatronics in there though because they are now dated. But I, oh, yeah. they are so dated now that they're they're kind of kitsch, and I love mm-hmm. it about it. Like that's that's like the same thing with uh, the. It's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. The uh, Carousel of Progress. Like, yeah. I love that because that is so kind of kitsch level now. But it's still well done for what it is. Like, it's, Yeah, and that kind of, like, both of those, like Spaceship Earth and Carousel of Progress, are very much just, like, snapshots of time. Like, mm-hmm. Carousel of Progress, like, yes, we know that was from the 1964 World's Fair. That's what they portrayed it as, and that this is what they thought the future was going to be like. How crazy is this? Um, something else that I feel like hasn't aged as well as this is the great movie ride right. at Disney's Hollywood Studios. You said that's and going away. Actually, you mentioned ahead. it earlier in the episode. You said it's going away, or what's what's happening? Yes, uh, this is another one that's actually on the chopping block. This and Ellen's Energy Adventure are both actually closing August 13th of this year. Ooh. Um, so, like, yeah, less than a month away. Uh, great movie rides. Getting the park to make room for, actually, the very, if you can believe this, Mickey Mouse attraction. The very first. At, at a Walt, um, there are no Walt, uh, Mickey Mouse rides in Walt Disney World. Like, the closest thing we have is Mickey's Magic at Magic Kingdom. But that's more of, like, a stage show that stars Donald Duck and then Mickey pops in at then. Yeah. Uh, you're right. But yeah, uh, great movie ride leaving to make room for. I, I'm trying to think of the name of it because it's, it's like really. Railway, like Runaway yeah, Railway. It's like Mickey and Minnie's Railway Runaway yeah, ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's going to be based off of the newer uh, Mickey Mouse short cartoons. If you've seen any of those, they're like really well done. They're pretty fun. Like Get a Horse. Uh, yeah, get, get a Horse. Fantastic. Uh, this is actually going to be taking you through the theater screen into a cartoon. Exactly not like calling a horse. It 3D. Exactly. <laughs> but they're not calling it 3D. They're referring to it as more 2.5D, where you're going to be going through ride scenes. Stuff's going to be coming out at you without the aid of glasses. So I don't know what the technology is going to be for it. Uh, we'll see in 2021 probably, because, you know, it takes time to build this stuff. Um yeah, I, I love Great Movie Ride. I think it's incredibly dated, and a lot of that ride really doesn't do anything? portray movies anymore. I mean, the first section of it is about, you know, black and white themed musicals. Then you move into, like, gangster films and westerns, and then it's Alien. Yeah. You know, like, it's, it, it's very, like, jarring, like, and it's, does you know make more sense when you think about the whole part being about movies and how movies were made um the joke is now if you want to see how movies are made you basically sit down in front of a computer mm-hmm. um because <laughs> nothing is real anymore i've been going back and rewatching all the lord of the rings and the hobbit movies and watching the special features on that's like oh yeah we use miniatures uh everything else is green screen mm-hmm uh, and that doesn't make for, you know, a, a fun learning, like, ride experience. Um, so as much as I might miss Great Movie Ride, it's more of the okay movie ride. And I'm kind of just excited to see something new come into Hollywood Studios 
in front of Star Wars Land. Uh, it makes me very happy that I've been able to get down to Disney uh, because I never thought I would ever go to Disney really until <clears throat> my thirty 31st birthday year. Yeah, that was like thirtieth yeah. or thirty first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I went down with you, and I experienced it. Now that these things are all kind of going away, and a lot of like, there's so much changeover. Like, yeah. has there been this? Has there been the, really this much changeover in the pe- in in the course of like ten years? There's always been like a fair amount of change. Um, something Walt famously said before is Disneyland's not meant to be a museum. It was always meant to be something that was growing and changing with additions being made to it and, you know, some stuff going away to make room for the future. Oh, that's good. Um, it's great that he realized that, you know, in his wake, Imagineers and the people that run the parks are kind of holding true to that. What's kind of this is the fact that Disney nerds are like, oh, you can't get rid of anything. We love this. It, you can't change things. Like, this is what Disney World is. Yeah, but Disney nerds, you've experienced it. Like, I can understand if I you're know. Like, if you're like one of the people that might be listening to this show and you're like, oh, man, I'll never experience, like, oh, in a month, Ellen's Energy Ride and uh, the Great Movie Ride are going to be gone. Like, and you're like, damn mm-hmm. it, I can't take off time from work in a month and get down there to experience this at all. Like, that kind of short drifting of like, hey, we're closing it, like tomorrow. <laughs> like that, I feel bad for those people that have never been able to. Well, I, guess I was going to be think, one of those people. I think you need to look at it too. At that point, is like, oh, you know what? I have these great memories of this ride, and now I can't wait to go see what's what's going to be there. Yeah. Because um, I was I was the same way, Paul. Like the first time I went to. Disney World, I was like 24 or 25, and after that, I did not know if or when I would ever be back until, like, we went for our birthday trips. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then, like, I didn't go again for, like, another, like, three years after that. Uh, You know, now I live here, and I get to see this kind of stuff whenever I want. Um, It's awesome. But at the same time, like, you kind of need to realize like no like this this is a company like they want to portray their licenses and their brand in the best way possible and sometimes that requires just like a complete overhaul yeah and also ellen's energy ride you ride it once you're good great movie yeah. ride you know maybe you would get the uh, guy from the the uh, pharaoh maybe you would get the gangster but honestly you ride it once you've kind of ridden it every time like yeah these aren't the ones that you're like that really bring people to Disney World. They're not, you know, uh, I hate the ride, Splash Mountain. But yeah. that is that is one that, you know, it's kind of iconic. Spaceship Earth yeah. is iconic. Uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Haunted Mansion, those, yeah. those should go through changes and updates, but they should never be replaced. Yeah, I, I agree. I think... And that's the thing, too. Like, those rides, every couple of years, something gets changed or added to them. And it's never, like, a complete, like, rebranding of it. Like, it always holds true to what, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean is. Yeah, you or got the redhead or, pirate girl now. Of I know. Like, they just debuted that at Disneyland Paris. And I kind of want to watch a video of it just to see what it's like. Kind of also just want to wait until it actually happens here in Florida to yeah. see it. Yeah, she's um, saucy. She was saucy yeah, before. Like, she's even saucier now. It's great. And that's the thing, like, I understand, like, the whole, like, no, like, human trafficking is bad. We're not going to endorse that. Now the redhead, instead of being auctioned off as a ride, 
she's a badass pirate. Like, that's cool. But then... Because there were so many badass women pirates, too, back in the oh day. My, yeah. But then at the same time, I'm like, well, I, you know, I mean, they're pirates. They're not good people. Of course they're going to be crappy. Um, but ultimately, like, whatever makes the ride new and fresh, it makes me want to see it. I appreciate that. I'm cool with it. I've um, only ever seen the ride with Johnny Depp popping up everywhere and Captain Barboza, or, uh, not Captain Barbo- yeah, Barbosa. Is it Barbosa on the, uh, Water Mist? Oh, no, um, that's, uh, Davy Jones. Jones. Blackbeard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, see, like, the first time I actually went on Pirates, it was with, um, Jack Sparrow on it. The very first time I came down to Disney World, it was actually closed for refurbishment to add Johnny Depp to it. <laughs> so I never got to see, like, the quote-unquote original. And you know what? That's okay. Like, it's it's ever changing, and that's that's fine. Because I, I don't want to go to Disney World and see it like dated and look like a regional theme park because they don't want to put the money into it, and like the purists would get upset. I'm like, no, like, give me something fresh. Give me a reason to want to, you know, set foot in that park again. Just give me one or two things that are really kitsch and ancient and old. Tiki Tiki yeah. Room and the one park. Uh, oh, oh yeah, I love I love the Enchanted Tiki Room too. Uh, give me the Jungle Cruise, Spaceship Earth yeah. with their animation, their thing, and the uh, Carousel of Progress. Like leave those kind of kitschy, or you know, if you had to update one or two, like I understand, but Tiki Room, Carousel of Progress, Jungle Cruise. Yeah, so, I agree. Like okay, you upgrade. Don't change the you know the uh, Spaceship Earth, but if you have to upgrade the you know update the uh, whatchamacallits, the... What are they called? The animatronics? Audio anima- animatronics, yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you update those, that's okay. And Small World. Like, those are the ones that you kind of keep kind of kitsch. Yeah. And, and those are ones that you go on for nostalgia's sake. Not everything has to has to be what it was 45 years ago. Yeah. No, we do a comic book podcast most times, and we... We we've become the old crusty guys that you know want their comic books to be exactly the same. Well, I, at the same time, we haven't. I mean, even going back to uh, to last week's episode where we're talking about just what happened with the Marvel um, uh, the Marvel retailer summit, mm-hmm. where like, eh, we tried to be different and add diversity. People didn't like. It. It's like no, like people like that. People like fresh and new, but they also want that nostalgia they want mm-hmm. the familiar like there's no reason you can't have both of those at the same time stop just issuing everything as a number one because <laughs> exactly. there's lazy people like paul that just hit subscribe on uh comiXology and keep on buying the mighty thor because it hasn't been reset as a number one <laughs> mm-hmm. but all my other subscriptions have fallen off because guess what they reset it as a number one and it comiXology doesn't uh just up re up you when that happens. So. Oh, see, I never do the subscriptions. I was just like, I go through week by week and be like, oh, I need to buy this book. I need to buy this book. Which sidebar, I've been really bad. I haven't bought books in like two or three weeks now. I've I've gone so bad where I just well, like when we actually sit down to discuss which books we're gonna talk about, I'm like, oh, I should jump on there and see what's interesting and try to buy a couple books. Like uh, I'm a once a month buyer now. It's, a couple, a couple days ago, I actually went on to Comic Salon. I was like, oh, look at all the books that I you know, missed out on because I haven't bought stuff in a while. And I added them all to my cart, and I was like, $45. Uh, I can wait. Yep. Make some deep cuts. But you've always, you know, even when you were at Don's, like you would 
kind of do that, where you would hold off on actually picking up your books and stuff too. So yeah, I, and I have a feeling like when I actually do buy books again, because we have the uh, look back coming up, I'm probably just going to buy the books that I need to buy for that one. Yeah, and that's and what I've been like. Yeah, I'll pick up I like the rest of the stuff whenever, because at that point it's like those are the books I just read to read and. I've been so busy that I haven't just had the chance to sit down and like read leisurely. It's been the stuff that I've read for the podcast. Yeah. That's where I've been at for the past few months, half a year, maybe a full year. So I completely understand. Uh, was there anything else from D23 you wanted to talk about or anything else Disney related since, uh, you know, the just, man, I'm this, the, uh, behind the scenes look at the, uh, the Last Jedi happened. Oh my God! Okay, yeah, I that like that kind of stuff. I was gonna save for when we did the. Yeah, I think that's stuff. Core show, but oh my God, I can't wait for Last Jedi. The Avengers stuff, uh, but no, I, I think just kind of focusing on on the park. It's the parks itself. Uh, I think we kind of covered everything. Uh, it definitely makes me really scratch to want to get back down there. Because I was, you know, last time we were there, I'm like, you know what, uh, Chris, you know, like, let's go around and not do the parks the next time I hang out. And now I'm like, <laughs> you know what, uh, maybe we need to go back to the parks. Uh, well, here's the thing, Paul, all you need is just, you let me know when you can come down, and I can easily schedule, you know, like, a day or two off. And you got a place to crash, you got a way into the parks. Yeah, I, you know, with, you know, how my, my life is going to be for for the next year or so at least until Jan- maybe January 1st again when time off resets uh, I- I'll-, I'll probably do a paratrooping uh, in like just for a weekend like a Saturday, Sunday coming in late on a Friday maybe very early on a Saturday and leaving on a su- late Sunday night like that'll be probably the extent of my stayovers hey that that's okay I have um, a friend from Virginia like coming in second week of february so i was gonna take that time off you you make it work right. i'll take that whole week off there we go all right if uh you've seen any if, listeners if you've seen anything interesting coming out of d23 that you want us to talk about let us know uh and we'll probably bring it up in the week in geek next uh next time we it's so hard to not talk about there's a lot of stuff that happened like today even yeah still so much more new, news is coming out new doctor who oh yeah yeah, we can't talk about that. Thanks, John. Jody Whitaker. I mean, we can't talk about that. So but yeah, good. email. Yep. First time. Still uh, not a teacher. Well, they had to do one or the other. <laughs> you can't they do both. Done both. No, they couldn't. They would. They would throw off the whole time space continuum. It would be. Crazy. I don't want to talk about it. But I want to talk about it. Wasn't Capaldi the last regeneration, or did they reset that somehow? They reset that. I think they actually reset that. Back with Matt Smith. Remember how River say in uh, "Let's Kill Hitler" or or one of the episodes with Matt Smith and uh, River Song basically gives him her regenerations. Oh! And she's like, "I'm not sure how many regenerations he has left now," and she's out. She's done with regenerations at that point. I forgot about that. And then she's you know she goes away in silence in the library. Man, and the I need to course. catch up on Doctor Who, or, or at least rewatch all of it. You know, uh, I, think I'm, up on I think I'm going to I'm going to skip Peter Capaldi. I'm I'm going to jump in with uh, Jodie Whittaker. I think. Yeah, I, I've heard mixed things about Capaldi, but 
I'm a nerd, so I feel like I need to because I mean, I never even finished the last it's of the new, Matt Smith stuff. Yeah, but this is going to be a new show writer with her too. It's uh, the guy that Moffitt? did. Uh, did well, who was doing? Was it still Moffat or was it? It Davies? was still Moffat. It was still Moffat. Okay. Davy started, but he only did the first season with uh, what's his name, Grumpy Guy. <laughs> uh, uh, the war doctor that decided not to come back because he didn't want to be Doctor Who again. Screw you. Yeah, dude. and then like last year he was like, eh, I wish I had stayed around. Yeah. You know what? Hmm. I, I, you know, whatever. Um, God, I, we're, we're not going to talk about things, but did you watch The Wrinkle in Time? Oh, the trailer? Yeah. Yes, I did. Because that's one of Kate's favorite Disney, uh, I don't, Disney shows or movies. I don't know how to feel about that. Like, Oprah's Mrs. What's It? Yeah, I, I loved the books growing up. I read all of them. And now as an adult, I don't know how I feel about the whole pseudoscience slash like Christian allegory stuff for everything. So, well, is it Christian allegory? Because Kate keeps um, on explaining, like, no, that's why I understand string theory. I'm like, um, oh, maybe I should it, read it these gets, books. It gets very like Christian allegory heavy. Um, in like the fourth book in the series, Many Waters, like the two twins that like are her siblings go back to the time of Moses, like before oh. the flood. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. Because, it's, well, Moses. And that's then, Noah. Um, just before the flood. I forget the name Moses of it. Wasn't see. like in the series proper. It was like a spinoff book. Something with like something about dragons. Um, it turns out like the dragons are actually like cherubim. Or Seraphim, I can't remember. It was like, there's some choir of angel. Like. Yeah, yeah, Seraphim is uh, the choir of angels. Cherubim. Mm-hmm. Cherubs are Cher- the baby okay. ones. Baby looking ones. Yeah. Cherubs. At, at the time, like reading, I was like, oh, cool. And not, now I'm like looking back, I'm like, I haven't read these books. I'm like, oh, oh my God. I was, was going to say 20 years, and then I realized I'm 34, so it's been longer. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. Metal and Lingo. I'll go back eventually. I did. Uh, I I did his dark. What is it? The oh, his dark materials. His the, dark uh, materials. Golden compass. Yep. And I did that series. I did uh, this. You know, line language into the wardrobe series. Yeah, I did. But, I did all those. But I didn't do uh, the wrinkle in time series. Uh, wrinkle time. Like I, I really enjoyed them, but I, I feel like it's one of those things. If we did word books with friends, our uh, actual like literary word book mm-hmm. podcast, I, I may go back. Oh, did first it's, talking about word books with friends. First look at uh, uh, Ready Player One. Yeah. Oh, I, you know what? I saw that, but I didn't look at it. If that makes sense. You know, I, I understand that. Yeah, you saw yeah. the you saw the pop up on uh, over on the sidebar <laughs> exactly. over at Facebook, and you're like, oh, we, okay, cool. We might need to work word books with friends in as part of the rotation. Maybe not monthly, but maybe quarterly, every couple months, just so we can maybe like just so we can talk about books. Yeah, once a quarter, we we pop Janet on, and we can uh, we can do we can do more than one person skyping in. It's fine. Yeah, we, we maybe we start off slow, something like everybody's read like Harry Potter or uh, a Harry Potter or Hobbit. Yeah, like, everyone's yeah. read The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. We we all graduated from elementary school. Yeah, you, you basically it was summer reading material. Yeah, you know, you you go back, we talk about boxcar children, boom, that's an episode. Oh, Done. I used to love boxing. That was that was a series that I read. There was they like, shaved a bee into the dog because Violet found it. <laughs> yep. All I remember about boxcar children. You know what? They that lived was, in a boxcar. That was the golden age of orphans. Or, I mean, well, it was just well, cool. Like you just could be uh, an orphan. Nobody is going to come and collect you. You're just an orphan, and everybody's like kind of cool with it. You're like, oh, these kids are living on their own. 
whatever, cool. Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, we've all read those. There's so many books that we have yeah. passing knowledge of now. Yeah, yeah, and we just go back and reread. It'd be good. And when you say you reread, you mean like the day before you oh, yeah, like yeah, flip you through it? Through yeah, through. definitely. Just like comics. Just like, just like the comics. All right, Chris. Hey, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, you could... It's been fun talking with Outron. You're right. <laughs> well, it's been fun talking about uh, all the... All... All the cool things that's happening over in this, uh, this Star Wars land, man. I'm, no, I, I can't wait for it. It's, it's, it's what, been, 2019, 2018, And I'm going to say, even speaking as someone that didn't see Avatar until like because it was going to be Disney Parks, like seeing it brought to life, I was like, oh my god, like this is so cool, like this is so well done. So man, Star Wars by the people that make Star Wars, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, this is. I never thought I would become a Disney Parks fan. I, you know, I had really, like, it was one of those things that, oh, people with money go and see, go to Disney World. Like, I will never go there. I'll never, you know, it was just never one of those things that I clamored for as a little kid because I just knew, like, you know, your your family is six. My dad's the only one working. We have hardly enough money, you know. Like, not that we were ever really destitute or poor or anything, but, you know, it was just one of those things that, oh, no, that's something that other people get to do. Like, it's not something I'll ever get to do. And then, you know, when I went, I'm like, oh, this is great, one time. Now I'm like, dude, Disney owns everything. I kind of need to go all of the time. Like, growing up for me, I always wanted to go to Disney, and this is something they actually said over on Parks and Rec, the, the show I used to do it's not done i'll get back to it eventually with a. he still instagrams people super friend of the show janet like we talk about disney like every other week for like a year um the thing that makes you a disney parks fan is actually going to the disney parks mm-hmm. it's something i always wanted to do and it wasn't until that i finally got to go that i was like oh my god i need i need to go i need to go back mm-hmm. and then after i went back i was like there's so much more here than i realized like I have to come back again, and it's it basically changed my life. You know, to be uh, hyperbole bound, yeah. it's it's completely changed my life. I I live in Florida. Yeah. Well, I was feeling more that I needed to get back to universe or to go to Universal and go to the Harry Potter Land again because you know I feel like I missed out on a lot of that stuff, and you know things have been changing there. But now with this Star Wars Land, it's like. I'm kind of flipped back over to Disney again. I'm like, yeah, I kind of need to get back there. Someday, someday we'll get you on uh, Tower of Terror. Uh, nope. Never Tower of Terror. <laughs> but I do want to do the Gringotts ride. You, you can do Gringotts. If, yeah. Paul, I'm sorry. I'm going to say this again, too. If you can do Big Thunder Mountain, you can do Gringotts, and you can do the Mummy ride. They're no more Paul. intense than that. No, the Mummy has you going backwards and forwards, and you're dropping almost constantly in the Mummy. Like Big Thunder Mountain, you're dropping almost constantly in Big Thunder Mountain. But you're going around those turns, like so you feel like you're being flung sideways, not down. Like it's a feeling of falling that I hate. So if Big, I'm getting Big flung, Thunder Mountain is like a lot taller than. Yeah, but you're constantly going around turns, so the centrifugal and the centripetal forces interact with my gut more than the feeling of the falling. concentric forces. Yeah, than yeah. the feeling of falling. So that's. I feel like I'm more going side to side than dropping. Because that feeling of dropping, I absolutely hate. 
Like, I know people are like, oh, you ever feel like, you know, like right before you fall asleep, how you feel like you're falling, and then you actually wake up a little bit, and you feel like you just hit the pillow? Like, if that happens to me... I've never I, felt like that falling asleep. I, I've had that happen to me, and I'm up for the next four hours. Like, I'm in a panic mode. Like, you saw me on... You saw me on Splash Mountain. Oh, panic. 100% panic attack. Like, it was bad. Not fun. But you know what is fun? Listening to the Bag and the Boardcast every week. Hey. We'll even be, when we can't do it, we can do it. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back next week, unless we're not, uh, with your three main your three main sections, you know, the Week in Geek, the list, and also uh, our main topic. What is our... Oh, we'll be reviewing uh, John's uh, yeah, trade Yeah, we're, we're talking about uh, Green Valley. Yeah. Uh, the Green Valley, that's John's pick for the trade Yeah, John gets to uh, sit around and read the book that he picked for us to read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is it's such a fast read. I'm shocked you didn't get to read it. It's Yeah, it's actually pretty good. I read the first issue, and then once I saw that we weren't doing it this week, I haven't read the rest of them because, you know, it wasn't the night before. So Yeah. Well, I I read all of them when I was on the uh, flight to, to Buffalo, you know, two weeks ago, and it was such a fast read because it, it's very art-heavy. Well, we, we'll get a full review next week, unless it's... John and I with some other friends uh, reviewing a bunch of beers from Sierra Nevada, which is still a not episode that's in the hopper. So, we're ready. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye! Bye!